What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Tuesday, recapping the Tulsa defeat. If everyone's wondering why we have the fights on, it's because we're merging two different topics. We will be also previewing the Simho Red Hawks. So uh, I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, we're not too. We're upset about this loss, obviously, but we, you know, it's one that we can continue to build off. Yeah, it's uh, one we thought we should have won. Another one just like um, several others from this past year so far. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a, a dud. Uh, we thought we could gain some momentum going into this home stretch where you get SEMO, um, Maryville, then you go at the undefeated San Francisco, then you get uh, uh, Missouri Baptist after that. You thought you could go really get some momentum going into these. Yeah, we remember whenever we uh, talked about the season and what our record could be, we talked about this game and San Francisco ones that we would end up, you know, potentially losing in our non-con. But we knew right away, talking about this one on Friday, that this was definitely a game we knew we could win, and we almost pulled it off. Yeah, we only lost by four, and it was a game from the from the get-go we thought, you know, that we could definitely take advantage of, you know, because they had their faults, of course. It was also a game that we thought that we could come in and be better from uh, from the three-point line, which we were, Noah. So jumping into this game, that's exactly what we did after. And we knew going in, Noah, Jariah Horn, which this is his second stint with Tulsa. We've talked about and we've heard. We know he was at Colorado last year and worked his way back to Tulsa in this final year. And he was a uh, somebody we had to go in and you know emphasize on stopping. He got the game going with a three, no, but then cash, which we'll get to a lot of cash in this episode because he showed every bit of everything he can bring to the team that we've continuously talked about. He matched him with a three. Uh, it was really just a barrage of threes to start this game. Uh, really, from back and forth, it was it was Jariah, it was Curtis Haywood, it was cash for us, it was Lance for us. And then Noah Cash had a nice layup that kind of squeezed through the lane and got to the rim. So he had... He had an early five points, Noah, but that was definitely uh, – that's what we wanted to see from Cash, aggressive on offense right away. Yeah, we uh, he really got going. He started to get going. Um, we've talked about that, who's going to be that third guy, and it's been a mixture of guys so far, but um, we really think it could be Cash, and he got going right away. Yeah, Marcus had a block after that. Steven got on the board with a three. So here we are. Pretty sure, Noah, what was the, the shots? I'm sure it was even after all some of these. Uh, Curtis Hayward kept making threes as well. Marcus made a three also. So we were thinking about, I think we were like four or five from three, and they were around the same. So uh, the guys definitely enjoyed shooting at that place. Uh, It was good for both sides. Noah Cash got going again with a three. It was just constant barrage. He actually had back-to-back. He actually had that heat check uh, 12 minutes left to put us up by four uh, after that three wasn't a whole lot else between that. Uh, Dalton had a steal, which we'll get to Dalton again and his struggles, but he did have a steal here. Um, Kyler uh, missed a free throw, which again, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, he actually won for two. We'll talk about something that Brian was asking the presser about free throw shooting. Uh, Sam Griffin, Noah, he, he got going with this jumper. He led them in scoring in the end. He was a quality talent, only a sophomore. Yeah, only a sophomore, a UT Arlington transfer. He's a really good player, so uh, um, very hard. He gets his, He's a guy that can hit the three, but he makes his own shot. He's a shot creator, very good all night. Yeah, and I just you said UT Arlington, and we know, just flashing back, Cash's other career high, we'll get to his total, uh, his other career high was against UT Arlington, and now we know uh, UT Arlington has a chance to come to the Valley. So a lot of Arlington involved there, producing talent like Sam Griffin. For sure, working his way, that's a good get for them. Uh, and then Ray Adoa, we know from uh, Illinois, or, uh, yeah, Illinois State, working his way, being a veteran here. Made a couple free throws. No one will get also to the free throw margin this game. was pretty eye-opening. Uh, but Steven had a three. Troy had rebounds. We know he got on the board at some point. Had a big shot in the second half we'll get to as well. Dry Horn, a couple free throws, cash another layup. Uh, no one had just filled out from there. Marcus had a huge three. Darian Jackson got involved a little bit back and forth. We let them go on a run here, though, Noah. We were down by five after a Sam Griffin three. Jariah Horn had another three, and we were able to match them until we got a couple cash free throws, which were all on the last points to end the half. And then Jariah 
had an easy layup. W- wasn't a whole lot of defense on that play, I remember. And then we ended on a turnover. So not a great end of that first half down by eight. Yeah, not a great end of that first half. And, uh, you know, it's not the way you wanted to come out and start a game. Uh, our defense was not very good all night long, especially in that first half. Um, they got a lot of good good looks from three, and they were hitting from – they went 7-11. 7 of 11 for, from three in that first half were 63%. And they shot uh, 14 of 24 from the field at 58%. So, uh, yeah, not a lot of – not – a great first half defensively, especially especially on the road. That's not what you want to do, and uh, guarding like that, that's not not going to happen. Um, not going to win very many games that way. No, and I think something that stuck out to them: they were seven eleven, we were eight of sixteen, but only uh, of our makes uh, three were not three. So eight were three were not. They had they were half and half, seven and seven from three and two points. So I think that separated us. They shot fifty eight percent from the field. Yeah, our defense definitely. We'll get, yeah, Brian mentioned how uh, kind of, yeah, bad the defense was uh, definitely in the first half. And they were talking about how, obviously, we don't allow a whole lot of points in terms of Valley teams, and they were able to score 41 in the second half compared to what they did in the second. Uh, but the free throw margin definitely got out of hand in the second half. They were 6 for 6, only 6 compared to our 4, and we only had that one Kyler miss. So we were getting out-rebounded by 2. Out assisting them, though, they had a couple steals. Uh, we had six turnovers to their three. Um, and then fouls-wise, uh, we know Lance had a couple fouls to start and then uh, got definitely at one to kick off the second half. So uh, if I could go here. Let's talk. Yeah, no, Lance got that first foul early in the second half, didn't he? To, then he went to the bench. Yeah, he got a he, he got another early, early foul in the second half and uh... – Speaking of Lance's first half, only having he had uh, ended up with, let's see what he have, um, three points in the first half. Yeah, that's another slow first half and for him. What did he shoot? He was one of two, one of two from three. He only took threes, um, so slow first half. But yeah, he got that another quick foul. He was in foul trouble. I think only played uh, had one foul in the first half, so he got another quick foul, and they tried to sway away from that. Uh, taking him out to keep him available at the end. But, uh, yeah, that, that hurt us, but we went to a different lineup. Yeah, we'll get to that. Some players and even whoever talking about that lineup that actually paid dividends. Yeah, Lance only shooting twice. That's not what we wanted him to do. And we know, yeah, when he got that foul, about 17 minutes left in the second half, they took him out and then just rode him the rest of the way. Yeah, Cash with 15 first-half points was definitely huge. Steven and Marcus both adding six, both or all from three-point range. So we definitely were three-reliant in that first half, which we were kind of forcing the issue, I guess, and when we knew we were shooting pretty well to start, that we kind of went with it. So, And even Dalton was 0 for 2 in his shots from three. I think usually his threes are at the end of the shot clock, but uh, definitely threes aren't his game, so we'd like for him, barring unless they're at the end of the shot clock, we don't want him shooting threes unless he's just wide, wide open. So, uh, yeah, a good first half from Cash. If it wasn't for him, who knows what the score would have been. And thankfully, it was only eight. And uh, we were working through this game, so it was hard to uh, – wanted to get done with the day, so it was hard to tweet in the second half. So we apologize if there were none outside of the halftime and the final post. So, again, we apologize for that. So now, Noah, going into the second half, down by eight, like we said, and uh, Lance had a three, though. So we got right back into it per se. There wasn't a whole lot of scoring, though. Sam Griffin kept doing his thing. Or Marcus kicked it off with a layup, and then Lance had his three. Um here their free throws were just getting out of hand tim dowger made a couple uh sam griffin had an and one that lance had cash had another three tia's going before a tv timeout uh there were just tons of stuff on their side cash bailed us out with a couple free throws only went one of two so now it's an eight point lead 50 50 to 42 with about 15 minutes left uh darian jackson who we knew coming into the game was going to be a problem he wasn't that big of a problem at times but he had a layup here Cashno was unbelievable from three. Another three added here, cut it to seven whenever we were down by 10. And honestly, I'm not going to say it looked bleak, but just the way it was going at this point with our defense still stymieing a little bit, there were 1340 left. We were down by 10. So it kind of looked bleak, but we knew we shouldn't have gave up. And that's not what the team did for sure. Went on a little 5-0 run here. And then 
uh, keep going here. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff, like we said, so a lot of missing in the first half. We'll get to the field goal percentage. Cash and other layup. So, Noah, here we are down by five. And I remember we were texting saying that this is what we had to do to cut it before this last meteor close, eight-minute mark, down by five. This is where we had to go on a run. And then we did. Noah Cash at three. Marcus, back-to-back threes from Cash and Marcus, cut it to within one. So uh, that was the perfect. And J.D. had a block. We had a defensive rebound. And Marcus missed a layup. Noah, that's when we should have took advantage to take that lead with five minutes. That Marcus had some easy looks around there and missed. Yeah, he, he, that's uh, unusual for him. But, yeah, we know um, we had some easy looks and a couple uh, turnovers and uh, just bad possessions offensively. Um, we could have taken advantage of that, and we were getting looks we wanted, but just not converting. Yeah, I know, and definitely a far cry in the second half at times uh, than what it was. Outside of them making free throws, we actually did relatively well in terms of not allowing them points or anything definitely outside the arc in the second half. Noah, here's a play that stuck out after a couple Sam Griffin free throws. At the end of a shot clock, Troy penetrated and had a really nice pass to J.D. for a layup that, and I remember they were showing a video of the highlights that Ronnie Watson was saying, that's a big play for a freshman, and it was. Yeah, it's a big-time play. He's getting, you can tell, he, this guy only as a freshman is ready to play big minutes for us, and uh, that's what he's doing, and he's making plays. Uh, this kid's going to be something special. Yeah, especially if, you know, maybe not in terms of, like a, definitely a star all-conference, and that's obviously saying a lot just in terms of you know talent and skill level playing at that high of a level. But he's going to be that steady presence. And he'll score more, obviously, over time, but he's definitely showing being that glue guy that we'll have for a long time, yeah. Um, so that cut it to uh, one, like we said, and then Tim Dalger had his own little run here, had a layup. So we were down by 3 no, and then Troy, that man again, hit a off an offensive rebound from J.D., kicked out to the corner, Troy made it. Huge shot, a lot of confidence on that shot. Tied it at 60 with three minutes left. So we're knowing how bad we played in the first half and how little offense we were kind of creating in the uh, or from the second or first half to the second half that we were able to tie it at this point with how relatively bad we thought we were playing. More free throws from those guys. And I remember Brian talked after the game on how uh, our undisciplined on defense in terms of fouling and having hand you know, having hands on the guys. So couple free throws, and they were making them, though. Sam Griffin and Curtis Hayward made them, make it a four-point game. And then, well, Sam Griffin had one and got fouled again, made one. Marcus had a three down by two. That was with 36 seconds. Another layup on their part, free throws. But, no, at one point was it. It was right after we tied it, uh, or whatever point it was that it was, it was uh, I think it was after the TV timeout after J.D. had that layup. And we, we kind of pressed him, I, I believe. Or what point in the game was it whenever we had, we tried to press them and they just drove right by us for a layup at what point? I'm trying to figure out what, at what point that was. That was the turning point at the very end. We weren't able to finish. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to think. I think um, looking through here, yeah, that was definitely a turning point. Uh, it was right out of a timeout. I don't see a timeout in the last couple minutes, but uh, – yeah, it's definitely, we, it looked like we weren't prepared. I don't know how much press we've worked on, but uh, their quickness just right through the lane. And uh, it really, that was a big turning point right there. Okay, I got it here. It was, what, it was after our timeout, and we were down by two after Marcus hit a three, hit that three. And then we had our own timeout, and then Sam Griffin had a layup, I guess. Almost, he got a pass from Darian Jackson, but he pretty much went all full court, beat our press. And that's when, obviously, we were down by four, had to get down court, and that's when Troy turned it over, and they got a uh, couple free throws and stuff. So, in the end, it was obviously when we cut it to 60, we kind of fell apart, uh, you know, after Marcus's three, that we weren't able to, uh, obviously, get a stop that we needed to go down tie. So, it was honestly another game of uh, uh, not being able to finish, even though we thought we'd been finishing games this whole season. So, uh, that's how the game ended. Definitely a frustrating one. Uh, no, what are your thoughts on how this? Before we get into some stats, this game obviously was there for the taking, and we we crapped the bed in the last minute or so. Yeah, it was it was definitely it was there all game. I even tweeted out the uh, the old uh, that that it was there for the taking, and we weren't just taking advantage. And I said I put put the old I said uh, Tulsa right now, and I took the uh, old gif of the. Um, commercial with the old man and the dollar bill for the fishing pole. And you almost had it. You almost had it. It felt like Tulsa all game. 
um, they let us stick around and we just did not take advantage of it. Um, once again, it's another tale of two halves and we keep having this no consistency and when are we going to see it? When are we getting these? Cause once you get the Valley play, you're not going to have, um, these, these opportunities to waste. And when you get these, you got to take advantage of them, especially when Valley play comes around, when you get the better teams in this league on the ropes, you got to take it and grab it there. And we've said, is this the time to look around the corner? And I said, I said on the preview that maybe we're, we're peeping around and look, it's like we saw something that way and we took a couple steps back. We have to find consistency with this team. When Lance Jones is in, is in foul trouble or not playing well, he is. We got a couple other guys not playing well. We got to find something. We went to this lineup. I really liked the lineup. It helped down the stretch. Uh, it probably surprised Tulsa a little bit. Helped us out, but uh, yeah, we could not finish, and it's it's a shame we did not play a good, well-rounded 40 minutes because we know with Brian Mullins, a defensive team like this, we got to be able to guard better, and we did not do that. Yeah, like we've said our defense has been pretty good all season in terms of allowing points. First half was not in our favor. I compare the end of this game to kind of how Creighton was, where we played, you know, whenever we got the lead or got it around the lead, that we they went on that huge run at the end of the game, and we didn't really know what to do. You know, and being in those moments against teams like this, you have to be able to uh, have poise. And we know the team has preached poise. We know Brian has preached preached possession by possession. So yeah, seeing, you know, being consistent in terms of both sides, obviously, like this is the game. Probably your defense at times was not good. Like in terms of like how the maybe like Northeastern, they kind of have blanks from that game. That's how bad that just game was overall. I don't even remember really that much from it in terms of how it went. But this was definitely a game that uh, your defense didn't let you down at times, which was definitely uncharacteristic. Brian mentioned, like we said, the undisciplined sometimes on defense with the fouling. And then uh, them allowing threes, like we said, they were shooting 58% at halftime. So then uh, what did they end up shooting in the second? And overall, they ended up shooting about 47%. So uh, our defense was better because we only only allowed them 28 points in the second half. We scored however many, uh, almost 30. So we kind of we matched them in the second half. We made adjustments, but it just wasn't in the end in terms of our poise at the end of the game. I think that's what got to us. Uh, yeah, and I think consistency overall, I think these are games that you want, though, moving – you know, in terms of keeping it close, playing with a team like this, uh, and, you know, we talk about battle-tested a lot, that against teams like this, that sets you up well for conference, even though you want to be able to, and we'll get to this, Noah, or we'll talk about it right now with the free throw margin, that we need to be able to penetrate and get these looks that Tulsa was creating for themselves to get the benefit of the doubt on the on the calls to get to the free throw line. It seems we weren't doing that, and that's something that we need to carry over work on the free throws, and definitely just get the opportunities. Yeah, this is uh, – you mentioned the defense got better. We held them to over 3 shooting from deep in the second half and 34% from the field in the final 20 minutes. So we got better, but we just got to find that consistency and do it a full 40 minutes. And, yeah, you mentioned a lot of – I've seen a lot of SIU fans not happy with the foul, the fouls and uh, – not uh not us getting to the line and stuff, but if it's not Lance Jones, who's attacking off the dribble and putting those officials in those situations to get you a foul call, whether it's a good call or not, that's what they were doing. Sam Griffin, all of them were getting to the line, and they were making those officials make a call, and they were getting the benefit of the doubt, maybe because it was at home, but they were making the plays happen, and that's what we're going to have to do. If it ain't Lance Jones, who's coming off the dr- off the dribble to the rim for us? Nobody. It's all shoot threes, and that's what we're doing. We're living by the three, and right now it's killing us. Yeah, we're living by the three, like we said, to start the game when we realized and we were shooting well from three. I guess they just kind of stuck with that. And, uh, you know, Brian let it play out. I, he said something in the in the uh, pre-whatever about, you know, allowing that to just come as it was and just kind of play it out. But, yeah, I mean, only four of seven for the game. They were 18 of 24. And we look at guys that didn't shoot any free throws. Marcus and Steven, guys that I think we can rely on to be our best free throw shooters, not even doing anything with that. So, um, yeah, that definitely sticks out. Maybe it was them at home, but it was them creating themselves for those bad calls that we thought were the case. Yeah, them providing themselves to put themselves in a position to have that. Uh, we weren't getting it. So, I mean, that was the difference. You said it right there, 0 for 3 from the, in the second half that they were. So they, they just relied upon 
penetrating, getting the free throw line. That ended up being the difference. So, um, you know, in the end, you look at those games where they went 18 of 24, however, whatever they went from the uh, free throw line, I mean, towards the end of the game, that you still only lost by four. You know, Marcus's three at the end, kind of those that just fall into your lap kind of thing. Uh, but the ability to play close, do all your aches and pains. We talked about the, the inconsistencies. I think it's a matter of, you know, you, when you take positives from the fact that what well, you've been dealt with this year and look into the Creighton game, and you had that for, for the taking. You know these games are for the taking. It's about, and obviously those are the cons of finishing games against good teams, but it's the fact that you get to that point with Lance only shooting six times. With, you know, this, like if Cash doesn't have 27 points in this game, obviously we're in the dust. We get smoked. So kudos to him for creating a third of our points. And Marcus, 18 shots uh, and only in 16 points. But in 37 minutes, him and Cash both had that. So, yeah, I think it's if you're taking positives from the game, it's the fact that we were able to tie it at one point and just thinking of all our close games that we weren't able to win, like this one in Creighton, that what we've been given and playing, I don't want to sound cliche and drinking Kool-Aid, but, you know, you play hard, you play uh, tough throughout the whole game, and you're given these opportunities, you just don't finish. And obviously that's what it boils down to, so... Uh, Noah dumping in this game. Uh, JD only shot once. It was on that free throw. Other than that, he did play. He did foul out in this game, but we mentioned the big lineup that we'll get to in a second. He was a part of that at times. Six rebounds, one assist, one block, uh, two offensive rebounds. So, I mean, in 17 minutes, that's, uh, you know, and we, we like him being able to score off of good feeds from Troy at the end of the shot clock, like being that uh, prepared for a pass like that that we know guys haven't been ready for in the past. So starting out with J.D., Noah wasn't terrible in this game. Maybe a little more, but like we said, the offensive looks for him maybe aren't going to be there. Yeah, and we're not he's, not – he's not a guy you're going to post up, kind of maybe like Kyle or Anthony that's going to go get his own, own shot. But off the pick and roll or something or running the floor, he just plays with so much energy and gives us an uplift on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he's a little over overzealous sometimes, aggressive on his aggressiveness against other other big guys or something like that. But he just plays with so much energy and a lot of passion, and you can tell because you can you can hear him if you listen closely. He, he's screaming or says "oh" after a foul call, and he just knows that's what he does, and that's what he's bringing to this team. And uh, you wish you had a, maybe a couple more guys that could do something like that, bring that bring that physicalness, bring that energy, and maybe we get a little more boost from somebody. Yeah, I agree, and I think we're missing that with Trent. Even Steven said in the pregame that Trent brings that leadership that he sees off the court, let alone that he brings it on the court. I think that's definitely something we're missing with uh, Trent, and he, you know, it's a, only a certain amount of whatever he can provide from the bench in terms of leadership. Uh, but quickly on JD, that Brian was asking the presser, you know, about him whenever he was put in the starting lineup, that's when things kind of eased, and he said that he did that because he doesn't look into the starting five thing itself. Uh, but just because the team was out off to a slow start and he needed to bring that energy that they said, he says he brings a good defensive lift and he's a great screener and does everything that we've said before and says he's missed tons of game reps the last two seasons. So each game he's getting more comfortable and says his best basketball is ahead of him, which is good to hear. And we know JD brings his own value and many assets with that energy. Yes. And uh, just the dirty work. Yeah. And we've seen him maybe make those post moves at times, but, Definitely not as much as the other guys, for sure. So, now, no, let's segue. This is going on the line here. Marcus, like we said, 37 minutes, 6 of 18 shooting. Was kind of uh, halted at times in this game. We didn't obviously see him dominate at his usual times, and we noticed that it's kind of against higher competition. That's really not the case, uh, which is unfortunate. But he, he had six rebounds and seven assists in this game, two steals and a block. So, if you're betting on him in DraftKings, you had a pretty good night. Uh, Noah, three fouls, two turnovers, and... I mean, overall, four for eight, four of eight from three. He just wasn't that efficient from uh, Nary. He's been really good at this year inside the arc. Yeah, that's that's what usually he does. He's very good at finishing those uh, tough paint decision shots. That when he's getting a little contact at the rim, or his little fadeaway he does, a little fallaway shot. He was not really really struggling a little bit at that Saturday afternoon, and it really showed a little bit because there was a couple times when the game was close down the stretch where he had some good looks where he had, could have taken the lead and he just came up short on those shots and uh, he missed a couple bunnies with a little contact that uh, he could he usually makes and you usually see him give him the and one call. And uh, yeah, 
it was a solid game here. I like the seven assists, six rebounds. He's doing it all. Um, wouldn't be surprised at some point if you could almost see a triple-double from him if he hit the boards a little bit more and get some more opportunities. Because, um, uh, you know, usually he's getting those paint-touch decisions if it's not Lance and he's finding shooters. So if you, a couple more shots fall, if he goes hits the boards a little bit more, you could see a triple-double easily. I believe that 100%. And, yeah, he was 2 of 10 inside the three-point line. So, um, you know, like we said, he, that's what he's been – great at this year and using his physicality that we thought could do him wonders in this game really uh to match them in that in that aspect but he wasn't able to do it yeah those bunnies killed us at times and we know he's done that this year we haven't really seen marcus of his utmost consistent we know he's had a lot of good games and he won the evansville game for us it's just you want to see it for an all-valley player like that guy who, who, who could obviously win a player of the year just in general need to have that more and we know like we think we say that aj green has not been consistent but we know he's off injury they both are so i think it's just getting more in that rhythm especially against like we said higher opponents he needs to be more efficient definitely from inside with his physicality like we said and brian was asked no again about uh he was asked about marcus and his ability to assist and i'm pretty sure he's leading the team in assists this year and then he adds on that seven uh he says marcus has a good he was at just asked about it in general said marcus has a good feel for the game and over the course of his career, he's been evolving with being a willing passer over that time. And, yeah, he is leading the team in assists. And he said he had like two and a half his freshman year, and then he slowly worked that up. So I know what we knew. I remember whether there was the exhibition or something, we were talking about maybe he how he can be an assist man. And if obviously if he's that post, if he becomes that post player, he can kick out. And we mentioned how him and Trent feed off each other. Maybe when Trent returns, we'll see that assist job a little. Yeah, especially Ben Harvey, too. That really helps getting those guys back. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But, yeah, he's becoming that all-around guy. He's doing everything for us. Uh, only two turnovers as much as he has his, the ball in his hands. That's that's what you want from him. And, yeah, he's becoming um, a better, better player. And the more focus is probably on him a little bit more. But, yeah, if he could knock it down a couple more shots, uh, shooting 50% from threes really well in that game. So uh, he's only going to get better, and uh, he's going to have to – carry us if uh, Lance Jones does not perform well enough. Yeah, I know. And I think that'll end up boiling us down to the uh, to the confirmation that – and we know, obviously, we struggled without Marcus last year, and we have to have Marcus. And, you know, obviously, we love Lance. He's been inconsistent this year. He had a great start to the year. I, I'd say, and obviously, we won at Evansville without him. And at times, obviously, this – due to his fouls, obviously, we had that great – uh, you know, that big lineup that did, did us wonders at the end of the game, I think we can definitely say we can win with Lance not being great. But if Marcus isn't great, no, I think that definitely confirms the fact we will not win many games if Marcus is not good. Yeah, I, I would say you need both of them, to be honest. If you're not going to have one, because uh, let's say Marcus was great tonight, but Lance was off. If you don't get what Cash gave us, uh, it's uh, we lose by 20, and we're not looking very good right now going into tomorrow night. But, yeah, we need both of them going. We see what happens. Um, we see what happens when Lance gets hot. It's it's tough to stop. And if he's going downhill, getting those paint touch decisions, just opens up so much more for everybody else. And uh, M.O. Marcus did not. We didn't nobody. A lot of, a lot of our guys didn't even attempt a free throw. We know we're struggling from the line this year, but – yeah, we got to find ways to get to the line and see if we can get some more free throws because uh, you may see if you – like they say, shooters, if they get to the line and see the ball go in, that helps them out. So maybe that will help some of our shooters that are like Lance, who led the league in, led the league in shooting and three-point shooting last year. Maybe that will help him out a little bit. Yeah, it's just strange we talked about this because there was a comparison with uh, DeMonte Williams of Illinois that, you know, you, you're this great – even though going into your – college career you're not deemed really a shooter you have this one great because he led the NCAA in shooting for in three-point percentage and then now he's not that great and we know Lance is struggling from that it's like that one outlier season that you're not proving it the next season to be that kind of shooter yeah and I think just going back to the fact that we knew coming to this game Brian even talked about Tulsa being a strict north-south team that they were able to get those free throws and we talked about north-south with Lance and he's really the only guy yeah you mentioned who else is gonna provide that kind of penetration that Lance can provide to get us to the free throw line. Yeah, when he isn't even shooting free throws either, I think Steven should 
do more, I think, Noah, and that segues us to Steven. In 35 minutes, only shot eight times, six of them were from three, and we know we're confident in him shooting the ball. Um, and I think uh, he had a lot to do with, obviously, he was in that big lineup and, uh, you know, allowing them not to be as efficient offensively in the second half as they were in the first. He had a lot to do with that. But only six points, you know, I, it, it's, again, we need to point out the fact that in 35 minutes, Steven uh, needs to do more offensively and Obviously, like we said, defensively, he's kind of doing his role, but needs to do more in 35 minutes. Especially when you have cash to rely on in his points, but when Marcus is not shooting too well and you don't have Lance, and when Steven's in that big lineup, you know, you have to do more. He's got to be one to penetrate like Lance and get those free throw opportunities. Yeah, and we're going to need a lot more from him, and uh, we want to see him attack the rim more. I know he's only shot like – I think he's only shot four free throws this year. He's made all of them. So that'll help you out a lot if he can get to the line and see some shots go in because uh, he rarely he rarely takes I don't think he ever takes a bad shot sometimes but um, he's a he's gonna need to be that that third or fourth wheel for us to get going here because he's he's shooting I think it's down to like 47 percent from three it was 50 going into this game um, he's knocked it down to 47 from three and uh, that's what he does and we yeah we know what he brings defensively. But yeah, if he can he can get those he needs to get the whole team needs to get more paint touch decisions. We know it was a big key for Lance going into this year. The team the coaches preached him on that. Um, the guys like Steven, I know when Ben Harvey gets back, he can he can create off the dribble too. So that helps open up more flooring for everybody else. And we'll get to more guys that can get some paint touch decision. But Steven, yeah, he's he's really good off the bounce. Uh, he gets into that lane and does a little fall away shot too. So um, we want to see more. I know we he says uh, the pregame. He said uh, his teammates yell at him for not taking more shots, and uh, I guess we're gonna have to too. Yeah, it's a good point that he did say that, and I'm sure his teammates were yelling at him then when he was. I don't know if he passed up a lot of shots. You mentioned yeah, he doesn't take a lot of bad shots. Uh, usually his threes are relatively open. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned he's only shot four, th- four, four free throws on the season. That cannot happen to this point. With you know just aggressiveness in general, yeah, and that floater off that penetration turnaround that we've been seeing, we ha- we don't see that consistently, and it's almost an unstoppable shot. So we're hoping Steven can do more in that regard. And you know if he does a little bit more in this game, we arguably win. That's the case with a lot of things playing out. So we hope Steven keeps doing what he's doing defensively, get more shots though, and like. Yeah, like you just said, we need to start yelling at him or tweeting at him a million times to get in his head that he does need to shoot more, given the opportunity. So now, Noah, that segues to Lance and his four-foul, 20-minute game, three of six from the field. So his percentage will end up being okay definitely after this game. It's around 50% still, probably. But yeah, you mentioned he only shot two threes at the half. He ended up five of his six shots were from three. He had that one layup, I remember, a transition layup. So eight points, three assists, one steal, only those two turnovers in that time and two rebounds. So uh, obviously, you know, it's un, it's uncharacteristic for Lance to not be able to stay in front of a guy and then foul him via like a lot of that uh, stuff. Uh, so outside of that, no, six, six points. He was my dog going to the game because he had to be one of those stars for us to match their star power in a sense. But he didn't do that. But like I said, no, those fouls were kind of uncharacteristic. Yeah, he's a uh... – at a couple games, he's had some foul trouble with maybe the uh, the smaller, quicker guards. He is a uh, can't really stay in front of maybe, and uh, we know tomorrow night they got some quick guards. So uh, yeah, we we know we know what Lance brings, and yeah, he he struggled. He's only he's shooting twenty seven percent from three this year, which that's uh, really down after. What are the uh, attempts and makes? He is the thirteen for forty nine on the year from three. And uh, I'll say a lot of those threes are bad shots. He's shooting them five or six, five or six steps behind the line. Uh, but he hit those last year, so he has the confidence to shoot them this year. But yeah, maybe if he would, I think he needs to. Get, he's he shot. Um, he's only shot thirty-two free throws. He's twenty-one of thirty-two on the year. So um, I'd like to see him get to the line more. Or like I said, those paint touch decisions for him would be huge. He only has eleven assists on the year. Um, as your so-called, we know he more he's more of a shooting guard, but as our point guard, we'd like to see him get more assists, get some more paint touch decisions to help us out. He's, he's still shooting 52% from the field, so we know he's struggling from three. Maybe he, need, he just needs 
when he gets downhill, he's unstoppable. I don't care who's guarding him. I don't care who we're playing. And that's the Lance Jones we need. The threes are going to come, I promise you. He'll start hitting. But I think he's he's the biggest factor. He needs to start getting to the line and maybe see some of them go in. Yeah, you're right. You And you said his attempts and his misses. He's missed, what, 11? And he's missed six of them in one game. So he's been pretty good from <clears throat> in that regard. Yeah, we like to see him definitely do that more. You mentioned a shooting guard. Yeah, I mean, he's the perfect mix because even coming out of high school, he handled the ball on his team. He, he seems like a perfect point guard, but he's so score first that if he were to mix them both and obviously, you know, pass more when he needs to and not take those bad threes, you just said, like, he did it last year. Yeah, he needs to know that, you know, so far last year is not this year, and you need to, um, you know, not force it if it's there. Yeah, if we get, like, an offensive rebound, that's usually not how you, you know, you live with if ends up going in, obviously. It's just one of those things that uh, it's bad, you know, unless he makes it kind of thing at the time of the, you know, in game time. But looking back at it, yeah, he can't do that, especially off second chance point opportunities. We get the offensive board, he just gets it right back and shoots it from at least, yeah, definitely NBA, NBA range. And, yeah, we talked about Noah because we'll get to his – a guard mate, really the only true guard behind him, Dalton, that seems like Lance needs that sidekick in the in the backcourt. And we've talked how maybe hopefully in recruiting, if Dalton takes the next step or general, but he's still here, but we add another guard next to Lance to get the most out of him. If he's not, you know, to get his assist up or just be that sidekick. We know Lance can do it by himself. We've seen it do him before. Maybe that's something that we need. Uh, so, yeah, overall, I think Lance – well, what, do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, he, he needs like a, a more efficient, consistent sidekick at a point guard position. Yeah, I would say this team, uh, this team, we haven't had one in a while. And this team is a true point guard away from being a very elite team. Like we said, they, if they had a true point guard and we have that guy, I really do think so. And Dalton Banks, he just hasn't proved it this year and hasn't been very good. And we know that he can be that guy, but I still think if we can go get one, because uh, maybe maybe Dalton struggles the rest of the year and can't take that next step, we need to go find a guy that can be that sidekick and be that true point guard that helps things set up. Um, yeah, that's what we need. I think when we're we're maybe a true point guard away from being elite, but we have I know I believe in Dalton Banks that can make that next step, but he hasn't showed it all year. He's been very uh, just pitiful this year. Yeah, definitely he's in a sophomore slump. We mentioned him and Kyler, who uh, it's ironic, both are, were involved most with their families. And it sucks because we know, obviously, they come from great families. And it stinks seeing them struggle in their second year when they had high expectations, as we know. Dalton does fit the prototypical, exact what you need point guard. He handles the ball. I think that's what they rely upon him most. And even Brendan said, you know, moving forward, finding that other guy, we want a guy that can handle the ball. You know, at points, though, he's got to do more than just that. We know he can do that, and he kind of makes poor decisions in passing. He needs to get better at passing himself. We know he was probably an elite scorer in high school. He's just not knowing that his role at this level isn't that. He was so good at times last year. He's not shooting the three well. Noah, 16% from the field, Dalton shooting this year. If I were to remember off the top of my head, that's about 5 for 31 or something like that. Yes. Uh, so definitely not good he's definitely in the sophomore slump it's not what we need at this time we know we've been able to get by win some of these close games or keep games close overall with him doing that because we've gotten helped by one cash coupet with almost 30 points so we just need more from him that's i guess all we'll say we were just quickly segue to dalton because they got to that uh we know he's you know he has games of rebounds and assists but not scoring that's definitely something he's not doing and he's not shooting threes well which isn't his game so like i said outside of him being wide open he doesn't need to shoot him unless it's the end of the shot clock. So definitely need him to improve steadily. We know we're getting guys back, as you said. Maybe his minutes dwindle down. I know they like his defense. Maybe they keep him in for that, and he's a body. So we'll see, Noah. So now it's, that's a uh, segue to the newcomer of the week we found out earlier today or last night because the game was forever ago, it seems like now. Cash, Noah, 37 minutes, 27 points, 6 of 11 from 3. Definitely deserving a newcomer of the week. Absolutely, what what he done? I mean, like we said, if if he doesn't if he doesn't put up twenty seven points and tie his career high, um, we're, we get blown out of that gym, and uh, it's not good for us. That'd be a long. I guess we flew down there, but we had to bus ride home, so uh, that would be a long way home, especially if he didn't show up. But uh, we didn't get the outcome, so I know he's disappointed in that, but he can't he can't be disappointed in his performance. Definitely not, and he was asked after the game, he was the uh, 
dog of the game to talk to the guys, he said that that was definitely uh, his best shooting game, but he hopes to have more of those down the stretch. Yeah, I think it's – I don't know if – coming in, if we expected him to drop 27 points, uh, just be that efficient guy, score a little, hopefully be that big three guy that we've talked about you know, countless times, coming in to be that Armand Fletcher kind of deal in terms of his role in what he can provide athletically. But 27 points is definitely about 6 of 11 from three. We talked about him not shooting that well from three this year, Noah, but he's now shooting 48% for the uh, season, or 48% from field goal range on the season and about 36% from three. So it's really not awful. Uh, we know he's getting that up, and obviously that performance right there helps him out. We'll get to more of what he said, but four rebounds, one assist. Uh, he was three of five from the free. He had about 90% of our free throw attempts. Uh, and had two steals. So he's outside of his points. No, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, like I said, he had a third of our points. I mean, this is something we didn't expect. Yes, we get killed if he doesn't do this. Uh, gave us the best chance, Noah, because we know he's played against him. He's played at high major before. He obviously, Little Rock, he was one of the best guys. This is a game that seemed like was comfortable for him and playing against this kind of competition and playing that well. Yeah, this is this is maybe Cash's come out game where he's a uh... – becoming that third guy we really need. And maybe even if he's hitting his shots that night, he'll be the leading scorer every once in a while. But, yeah, that's that's what we need other than the scoring, what he brings on the defensive side. And uh, he got four rebounds. And that's that's one of maybe one of our problems is our, our two le- our leading rebounders are at 4.4 apiece. So uh, him and J.D., you know, maybe that's because our rebounding are kind of spread out a little bit. But he's one of our leading rebounders. He does that well on, def- on the defensive side. This is the guy we talked about. This is the type of guy we need, and that's what we got. But uh, we need our other pieces to play well alongside if we're going to get that from him. For sure. In his last three games, he's got a total of like 41 points, I think. So uh, I think that was the number. I think, it was, yeah, 41 or something. So maybe 51. Am I doing the math wrong? Let me go find this again. Yeah, 24 plus 27 is 51. So he's, he's putting up points these last couple, and obviously that carries it this past game. But he's he's slowly but surely getting more comfortable offensively. We mentioned before before this three-game stretch that he needs to fit the offense more and not force these shots like he's been taking. seems like he's doing that. We notice him passing up some shots to get better ones. So Cash is definitely falling into his role and obviously being that guy when we need him to. And like we said, he was interviewed after the game. He said the biggest thing was execution at the end, the last three or so minutes. The team made mistakes, and if you know, obviously they can learn from them, and obviously if they do, they will win. He preached that poise that we've talked about, and Brian's talked about, except for every game versus good teams like Tulsa and the crunch time compared to just doing it against Alcorn and Evansville. You have to do it against teams like that. Uh, he said there was an emphasis going into the second half uh, on obviously defense just getting better, way better than the first half for giving up those 41 first half points. And uh, they came out just looking to get stops each possession. We know Brian has preached the possession by possession. Uh, he said there's only there's always confidence when the team is down at halftime. He said especially after they went on a ten to two run in the first half, there's always confidence. Uh, and yeah, he he mentioned that big lineup. Who uh, Coach Watson said it was fun for us to watch. He said it was fun for him to be in it. Of him, Stephen, Marcus, Troy, and JD, and that Brian you know saw something in it. And hopefully. Uh, you know, he obviously kept with and hopefully they get more reps in that lineup the rest of the way. And then uh, he confirmed the versatility of that lineup as well. He said it aided the team with no offensive rebounds in the first half. He said to try to get in there to rebound, but they did a good job boxing out on him. And then because uh, he said no on, the, on his last game, he missed a lot of wide open shots. We remember, he didn't shoot that well against Southern Miss, even though he had about 13 or so points. But he said he was he was in the gym working on his intangibles and uh, just working on his form and everything. He gave kudos to his teammates and the coaches for giving him the looks that he had against Tulsa. So some good stuff for Cash. We definitely liked him talking about that lineup and obviously his perspective and obviously what it takes being that veteran and knowing that to beat teams like that, you have to be more sound in crunch time. So it's definitely good stuff he said from there. So Cash, keep doing what you're doing. Not Don't force it, obviously, moving forward. You're in the comfortable range now to where – if it just comes for you, it comes for you. Yeah, we got to get better with our other two stars to help his cause. We definitely will win a lot of games. No, that segues us into Troy. We mentioned 23 minutes. He was pretty efficient. He had a great pass to JD. He had three assists and tied the game on that three. We said two rebounds. 
23 minutes. She's averaging about that probably so far. Course of this stretch, Noah Troy, again, we've talked about it. We just talked about it earlier in this one. Uh, he's great. He's going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, that's that's what we expect from him. And uh, the more he plays, the better and better, like you said, he's going to get. And uh, um, if he keeps playing as well as he is, he may uh, – he could find his way in the lineup sooner rather than later, maybe. I doubt it. But uh, he's a key cog off the bench. He gives us uh, that boost that we need. Um, the scoring isn't there yet, but uh, it will find its way. But the hustle and everything else we get from him is a big big key cog. If we didn't have what he was bringing off the bench, uh, it'd be without, without Ben Harvey and Trent Brown, if we didn't have Troy the way he was playing, we'd be a lot worse than we are. Exactly, and I think, like we said, he's kind of deemed a big now, like a stretch four kind of deal. Uh, we know he's a playmaker in high school outside of that final year, uh, so he's kind of built himself into being that four man, so that's good to see, especially if, like we said, now we'll segue to Anthony only having two minutes, and Brian confirmed after the game he's, he was kind of sick, which, of course, we don't know any of these things going forward, so we always wonder, like we said, I think it was earlier that day that always seemed like that something with Anthony going on his ankle or I guess now a sickness that prevents him from playing, Noah, because if he plays more in this game, we arguably could win as well. That's his difference. Yeah, he's 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 playing seven minutes a game on the year, averaging every game, and it's a shame because uh, we know all he did for us last year, playing playing how, how well he did and playing alongside Kyler at times. And we know we can – we know we keep saying it, you're probably hearing, tired of hearing it, but when he plays, positive things happen. And it's just a shame that little things are stopping him from playing more and more because I know what he, I know he can help us out because if Kyler, if Kyler ain't playing well all night, J.D. can't play a full 40 minutes. So we need an extra big, and we know Scotty ain't playing anytime soon. Exactly, and I think because of Anthony barely playing, that's why we're glad and blessed that Troy has kind of filled his kind of role to an extent, you know, maybe the D'Amico with Devonzo filling it. I'm sure the kind of player that Troy is as a freshman, I'm sure I can see that being what Anthony kind of was as a freshman at Lewis. Uh, so I, I can see them having the same kind of future and uh, skill set for their careers. So hopefully he plays a little more and isn't as sick. Yeah, and then Kyler, yeah, Noah, 14 minutes. Uh, he only had three points. He had a decent layup, I remember, and then had the one free throw, four rebounds. Again, he's, he's slowly but surely. We know he saw glimpses of good. He was your dog of the game because we thought, you know, after these you know, good offense against Southern Miss, it was going to carry over. Uh, but then it did. He only had one foul. It was just one of those matchups again for him, 14 minutes. That didn't work out. But uh, we're thinking he's kind of on the right track, can be on the right track. And him and Dalton can hopefully figure it out. Yeah, we were – I thought with the matchup zone they were playing, we'd be able to get him in there – against Ray Adowu and uh, we'd be able to feed him a little bit, maybe get him some good looks or be able to get the uh, pass in and open up for shooters. Maybe they'd double down if he got a couple baskets there. But, uh, yeah, it felt like every time we inserted him, they went small, and it, it's not good when they go small because we know we know he struggled defensively, and I'm probably he's probably working on that. But um, it's not good when they go small because – it's not. It does not look good defensively. No, yeah, we know he's got to definitely improve his defense over the course of the season if we want to use him and just if he wants to be a uh, a part. So now, no team stats. I want to look at this because looking at it outside of you know we made 15 threes. We shot a little under 50 percent from three. Uh, so we outmatched them there, 15 to seven. You would think you would beat a team if you're making 15 threes. But the way it was evened out was with their 18 free throws. So that's where it evened out totally because we had the same amount of rebounds at 31. We had seven more assists. We had the same amount of steals, same amount of blocks, only two more turnovers. Um, so overall, we were playing. We had more offensive rebounds. Uh, I mean, this was a game that obviously narrowed on the free throw shooting. And we mentioned, yeah, definitely if you're able to get to the line, you need to be able to make them. And that's exactly what they did. So. That's where it evened out with our threes and their free throw shooting. So it's unfortunate. We know we played a quality game, especially with the, the way we played bad at times. We were able to win this game, Noah. So final thoughts. Yeah, it's a, it's like we said, it's another tale of two halves, and it's disappointing that um, we weren't able to finish. And we was up there for grabs. We we were just hanging in there, and you don't you usually don't want to let good teams hang around, and they let us hang around. But we were un, unable to capitalize and finish off. Uh, 
it's a shame we did not can't put together a, a full full 40 minutes defensively and play consistency because we know we can guard at an elite level sometimes. So we need to fix that, find our ways, and especially going into tomorrow night uh, with a good or a pretty good SEMO team that has some good guards. So something to look forward to. But uh, it's now in the rearview mirror, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure it out. And uh, got a big one tomorrow night. Yeah, and I think just, again, some positives we can take from this is that we know we can play with a lot of teams. It's just finishing the games. So I know that we're there. Uh, you know, I think, like I said, battle-tested-wise, play games against good competition. It sets us up well for conference. And we know, hopefully by the new year, because we know those first two home games that we get, thankfully, but that we know they're against the top two teams. So that'll be something we cannot wait to talk about. And these games set us up for that, hopefully. So definitely positives in this 5-4 and four start so far. So... Games like this in Creighton, knowing Creighton, we know, is playing good teams coming up, and they beat a ranked BYU team. They're 5-1, and one, or whatever Creighton is on the season now. They are 8-2, and two, so it would have been nice to be their third loss, potentially, because it looks like they might go on a little run there. So, uh, General Kalkbrenner, I think, is top five in field goal percentage on the season. So, uh, I think, like I said, they're, they're going to be decent in the Big East. That would have been a huge win, looking back on it for our future. Yeah, that would have been a big so, win if it was if we got that. Exactly. So we just know we got a finished game. So uh, Noah quickly, Brian's presser had some decent things in it. We mentioned stuff uh, mostly so far, but things that stick out to us now, and he even says it on the tweet when they tweeted it out that Ben Harvey has been cleared to play, and Ben tweeted earlier, all thanks to the man above. Noah, this is great news. Obviously, we didn't know the status of Ben if he'd be out for the year, and it looks like one of those things where. What Brian said, he was cleared about last week, but it's one of those where he doesn't get surgery. It kind of is exactly like how it was months ago when he was cleared. He didn't really do anything. He got the procedure, the blood out, he said, but this time he's not doing anything. They're just letting it flow out. So hopefully we don't see anything bad happen to him again. Yeah, it's good. It's great to hear that the, all the scans came back good and he's been cleared and be able to return to practice and start to get into the flow. We know we got two non-Division one games coming up, so... Hopefully that those are two games he can get back into it, and uh, we may see him a little bit tomorrow night. Not sure. Um, it'll be a it'll be a big one to see. We'll welcome him back because uh, he brings a lot. We seen last last year in the tournament um, without our two key guys what he can bring to the table, and uh, if we can get Cash and other guys, uh, that'll help them out. It'll help other teammates. It'll help guys like Dalton Banks out because. We know we won't have to. Dalton won't have to rely on the scoring. He can just do his elite defense the way he guards and play. And uh, yeah, if you if you I if we were two weeks ago or a month ago when we were talking about these two injuries, I thought you'd see Trent Brown before Ben Harvey. But it's great to have one of them back, and we start fully to get healthy before we hit conference play. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. We definitely thought Trent was definitely going to come back. Before Ben, yeah, he, Brian said that it's about his conditioning, get back into shape, and he hasn't practicing. Yeah, because we saw his warm-up yesterday, right? And we honestly thought he was maybe going to get in then. We were just kind of wondering before we knew this news today. So that is great to see. You're right. It takes a burden off some other guys. And, yeah, Ben carried us in that Bradley game at the end of it when Lance went out. So definitely cannot wait to have Ben back. And we've been able to do what we've done and play these close games and barely get by some games, you know, positively and wins and then losses. So it's good to have our guys slowly but surely getting back in. He said Trent is day-by-day. These last couple weeks, but he has been progressing. We know we saw him shooting and warm-ups before the game on Saturday, so he's definitely getting close. Yeah, we don't know how much we'll see of Ben tomorrow, but uh, it's decent because, uh, like you said, they do have good guard play tomorrow. So uh, what are some other things? You know, free throws, he said the team's improving 65% on the year. Kyler and J.D., they're working with him to get better. Said our guards just must keep shooting with confidence because he says we got good free throw shooters there. So, uh, no, that's enough on the past. Uh, to an extent, now let's uh, what what happened with some more Valley teams in their games recently, and what do they got this weekend? Yeah, we got some this week. Yeah, we got some decent. Um, we had some decent opportunities uh, from. It's uh, Friday night. We know uh, we talked. Loyola went to Nashville and took down Vanderbilt, a good a I'd say quality quality SEC team, and they beat them on their own gym by eleven. That's a big win for Loyola for the next step. And looking at Saturday. Um, Charlotte um, went to Valpo. Kobe King thought that wouldn't be a good win for Valpo. Uh, Charlotte beat them by one, 
We know Drake uh, took Clemson to overtime down in Atlanta in a little, like, shootout thing. Um, lost by 10. Um, no Roman Penn. You can tell they're not yet gotten ready to go without Roman Penn, but that's a big loss for them. Um, Illinois State traveled to Chicago State, took them down by nine. That's expected. And a good win for the Missouri State Bears. They defeated Oral Roberts, probably maybe a tournament team was last year by nine at home. Then going on this week and tonight, or yesterday, Indiana State went to Fargo to play the Bison and lost by seven. Then today we only got one game, I believe, and it is, um, if my phone would load here, um, I believe it's, well, well, we got two games tonight. We got Quincy, Illinois State. That should be a big win for Illinois State, a blowout. Then Jackson State, who already beat Illinois State at Valley School, is at UNI, expecting UNI to probably get back on the right track, um, see what A.J. Green can do. Then tomorrow night, we've got our game. Then we got South Dakota State on the road at Missouri State. That's a that's a big that's a big time game. Then Jackson State play, making the trip around the valley. They play Drake Thursday night. Yeah, Missouri State has been playing good teams, as we've been saying. Going back to that Valpo game, they lost by one. Did Kobe King make a full-court shot to only lose by one? Yeah, they were down four, and he made a full-court shot. So, yeah, he had 17 in 30 minutes. Definitely get back into the flow. He will be a problem without a doubt. Uh, looking at the lineup, they had Cricky, Kithier, Edwards, King, and then uh, Anderson. They will definitely – Trevor Anderson, those seniors. So, yeah, I mean, that, that five alone could go with a lot in the Valley. So, yeah, not a whole lot. We Drake should have probably ended that Clemson game, the fact that they were able to take it to overtime, not finish. And, yeah, we remember Cooper East was going off for Indiana State uh, yesterday, so – or the other day. So, yeah, definitely not, not great from the Valley, but hopefully they can bounce back so far going – or moving forward, Noah. So that segues us, Noah, to the Red Hawks. We enjoy playing the Red Hawks each and every season. Uh, it's one of those games, obviously, last, last year was pretty fun to be at. It was a close game. That we're just thinking back to Anthony and how big he was in that game and what was to come at that one. Oh, let's jump into the Red Hawks. Yeah, it's a it's a five and five five hundred ball club. It's a it's a, it's the hundred nineteenth meeting of of this rivalry, this regional rivalry, you can call it. And it's a it's a hello old friend. You get to say hello again to Brad Corn, who played here, and uh, uh, Coach Brian Mullen. So it's a hello old friend. It's a good matchup. Um, they're very, very. They like to play a lot of guards. They're a very solid ball club. They are two and zero against the Valley this season, defeating Missouri State and Evansville already. So it's a big one to watch out for. They got a lot of guards to watch out for. Guys like Philip Russell from Vashon, who's a SLU transfer, who we know we've seen at a lot of high school basketball tournaments. We watching him. Eric Reed Jr., their leading scorer. He is averaging about 17 a game, I believe. So. He's a big-time player. Then a guy we know well, watching him play at John A. Logan, Chris Harris. He's a he's a big-time scorer, did not score the ball as well as he is now at John A. Uh, DQ, DQ Nichols is a guard they also play, and Manny Patterson is a big man to watch out for. Um, they got a lot of guys to watch out for. Eric Reed and Phillip Russell are two guys, and Chris Harris all averaging double figures at 16, 13, and 11. Um, Nigel Russell did not play the last game, but he's back. Then we know Nana Atkinson, a Nebraska transfer, still there. Dylan Branson, who we played, who who we were on and seen in high school play a lot. So uh, it's going to be a dogfight, a lot of quick guards to watch out for. Yeah, you mentioned 2-0 against the Valley. We would love to end that streak. Speaking of 2-0, Brian is 2-0 against Simo in his career. Like we said, a game that we enjoy every single season it's one of those where we thought, you know, over time that we'd be in the same conference, but we know at this point definitely not the case. Uh, Brad Corn has done a great job. Yeah, uh, obviously coaching Brian back in the day. We mentioned how kind of plays with a chip at times, just in general. He's playing his alumni. He's played, obviously, as soon as he was done playing, he got into coaching. Uh, and we know he's, he was at Kansas State for a long time. So uh, going back, you now, thinking back to the whole thing with uh, him getting the job, and, and we talk about Rodney Watson. There was a whole thing with both of them being coaches, right there. Yeah, that's what, what was that story. Yeah, that's what I was told. The story was that uh, apparently Rodney Rodney was gonna or interviewed for the job and maybe had called Brad to maybe see if he'd come and be on his staff, but uh, it looked like uh, Brad went ahead and called Simo and got the job himself instead of coming to help Rodney. 
And it's funny that now Rodney is now on our broadcast, and uh, maybe we'll see a little tussle before the game tomorrow night. Yeah, I remember they were – I think they were talking about him in the post game, and uh, Mike just asked him something about it in general, and he was whatever. And I thought of that immediately, that he stole the job from him. So, uh, yeah. And we know Rodney retired from USI, an all-time coach there. Uh, he wanted that. We thought he retired fully, and then he wanted that chance. So, kudos to him for keep going with that. Yeah, Seahawks – Seahawks. Simo is five and five. Uh, yeah, and going back to what Brian said in his presser about them, he said on their defense, they're a really quick athletic team. They probably have some of the fastest guards we played against this year. Their guards rebound because they play with such great pace. They they found to push the they love to push the transition and they will play small a lot. They play with five guards out on the court. For us, we have to be able to continue to block out. Transition defense would be a big emphasis, trying to get back and not let them get easy shots in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. You know, that's a good point because they like to get in the passing lanes in general and getting out on the fast break. And Brian says emphasis on the on the fast break defense going into this game. Seems like another game that we might not see Kyler in due to the fact that they play small ball. And it'll be great to, if Ben does get into this game to have him in that regard, just in terms of having more bodies out there being a small guard. So, uh Definitely, and you mentioned their their personnel. Yeah, they are a team, guard-heavy team that, uh, yeah, that always provide problems. So it'll be interesting. Uh, and we lost to them about four years ago at home. Uh, so we hold a yeah, 72-47 to 47 lead in the all-time series, yeah. So uh, coming off of the game that we had, and they came off a road loss as well, we'll be looking to – both teams will be looking to get off the schneid. And we just think back to other players that had Dylan Branson, who we were in on. We saw him play in high school. Have guys like that. So Brad Corn is slowly but surely, I guess outside of him, he's I'm, I'm not sure if he plays or not, but uh, slowly but surely building up a decent program there. And we know he was, like we said, he was in on watching Sean East at John A, right? So he's trying slowly but surely to build that place back up. Yeah, he's done a great job so far, and uh, he's got a very competitive ball club. They play they play hard and uh, got a lot of scores on that team. So uh, they're playing pretty well. As of late, I know five of five. They played a, I believe, uh, played a play at a high pace. A lot of shoot the threes. So uh, losing to uh, IPFW coming off their last loss. I know Nigel Russell did not make that trip to a non-COVID related illness, but they expect everybody to be back. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a hard-fought game. Uh, it depends how well we guard. Like I said, we struggled guarding a little bit this lately, but. Uh, yeah, the way they like to shoot a lot of threes, they attempt like 22 and a half a game. So if they get hot, you know, we're, we're going to probably be in trouble for our three-point defense, which is usually pretty good. And I believe it's leading the Valley. So if we can maybe step it up and show some elite defense, uh, we can get a big win because I believe, what are we, like a 12 and a half point favorite? Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. We'll get to that in a second. You mentioned that defense. Yeah, we need to show defense in this game. Because uh, our defense has still had opponents to 59 points per game, the 28th lowest mark in Division One. SEMO has given up an average of 77 points through 10 games, ranking ranking them 243rd. Uh, and, yeah, they get a lot of points. We mentioned, like, we rely on a lot from Marcus and Lance overall. If, they, if ESPN here goes by the stats. But, yeah, Philip Russell, you're right. Him and Eric Reed are a lot of their scoring these stats continuously. Marcus directly created 48% of all our field goals over the last three games. That's something that continues to happen every three games. And we've won our last three home games, scoring an average of 67 points while giving up about 52, which we've talked before. That seems like in the 60s is where we've been this season, total team-wise, and apparently that's where we are from home-wise. And quick quote here before we get into our picks from Brian, just in this. He said, "Our guys have done a pretty good job at responding. We haven't gotten the result. We haven't got the result we wanted. Now here's another chance to prove ourselves come Wednesday night. So the team is, has been good off of losses, especially the close loss. You have something to build on coming back home four two in a row, and getting this uh, this uh, whatever Semo team that they like to get after you. So Noah, yeah, you mentioned the twelve and a half point favorites. That is true." Uh, we actually, that just came up before we started this pod. It wasn't out really. ESPN has it. You said Caesars had it as well. Um, that's not, they have an 86% chance for us to win in this game. Uh, over under 136. I think we could both say, with the way Siebel can play in their guard play, it depends how deep we can be. And our, obviously our guard play consistency, I can say, we should we both go with the plus 12 and a half? Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say. I and think, the over. 
and the over in this one. Yeah, we think it'll be a close game. Definitely not a blowout with Brad Corn coming to town, thinking, obviously, his alumni wanting to play hard. So, uh, definitely the over. Yeah, they score about 74, 74 a game there. They allow 77, like we said. So, they shoot about 44%. Uh, and they have about 34 rebounds a game, which they do get after on the boards. Brian was asked and said that, yeah, their guards like to rebound. That's compared to R31. And they do assist, and they do block shots. So they're overall, they get six steals a game. So overall, they're pretty solid. Uh, definitely beatable. Obviously, we're not going to overlook the fact that they are beatable. We, we should definitely win this game, but it's one of those. The way that they play, it could definitely come close. So both 12.5, plus 12.5, and the over. What about the uh, dogs, Noah? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one here. We know coming off the last game, but uh, I think with their – their, all their guard play, it's going to be a big – maybe we see that lineup a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I think he struggled a little bit last game. But i got to go with Lance Jones. He needs to start showing some consistency because it's either he's scoring 20-plus a game or he's not doing much at all. So um, he's juggling a lot of a lot of, a lot of stuff right now. So he's got to get going here. Um, we know a lot of, a, lot of, a lot of him and Marcus's plate, but uh, we, those are two key guys, and we need them to carry us because – those this team's only going to go as far as those two take us, and uh, we got we got guys that can chime in. But Lance Jones is the guy. Yeah, you're right, and I picked him in the last one for him to get going. Maybe I doubt that things bothered him. I think it was just a bad game for him, and he's going to have those. Yeah, it's either he's great with scoring a lot, or he's not great not scoring a lot. So uh, we know he's shooting efficient from the field. He needs to get more into the paint, not rely on the three. I'm going to go with my dog of Steven because. They have good guard play. That means we got to rely on good defense and uh, his ability to shoot and hopefully be also that score, that fourth score that we need. So hopefully all those guys, hopefully Cash can keep his uh, shooting and scoring going like he has. Like we said, 51 points the last three games. So definitely thinking he will continue that. It's going to be a tough game. We know we're excited for this one. Like we said, we enjoy the SEMO games every year. So really looking forward to it. Uh, need Definitely need this win before we get some some – non-mighty D2 teams in here that we face before we go out to San Francisco, which definitely will be tough. Cannot wait to cover that one as well, the undefeated uh, Dons. So looking forward to this game tomorrow night uh, for Nick Malone. No alerts. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Go Dogs.